Jones, 30, 35, 40, east of midfield, and then every kick. The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 34th episode of the podcast on July 20th, 2013. Yeah, we're past that, you know, lull in the season, mm-hmm. you know, the day, and actually now it's become the two days, two days. after the baseball all-star game where nothing happens, and they put the ESPYs there, ESPN mm-hmm. does, but we're back from that, so... Got a few stories here for you. We're actually within about a month of football starting up again. That means the show goes back to being weekly and we put in our our lines and predictions and all that stuff. That's going to be fun. Yep. So we only got a couple more of these bi-weekly episodes. Joel, how you doing? Good. I'm uh, holding copper right now because oh he was boy. barking. So uh, hopefully he doesn't. I even took his collar off because he was like jingling around. So <laughs> hopefully this goes all right. We've got but, a uh, podcast puppy. Yeah. How are you doing? I got myself an iPad. So yeah. I think when it comes to fantasy football time, I'm going to be pretty set despite oh, what yes. Microsoft Xbox One wants to tell me with mm-hmm. putting a pane on my television with stats and whatnot. It's, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. I really like it. You speak as a fellow iPad owner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, especially with you know sports and whatnot, it's going to maybe consider like you know some of those things like uh, you know Major League Baseball at bat or something like that, mm-hmm. where you have to you have to get a subscription, but you're you know watching the game essentially right there with you know graphics and whatnot. So yeah, it makes you you know consider some things. But well, I like I finally recently watched like I never got to see Iron Man three in the movies, so yeah. I, I watched it uh, like on a, like a pay per view, oh, okay. and um, the. Uh, like it makes me feel like Tony Stark every time I'm sitting there with like touch screen right next to you. <laughs> it's not this clear see through one, but like when you're at your computer and you can have that there too at the same time, it's really nice. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Uh, as far as sports stories go, uh, might as well start off before we get into the the red zone with the top three sports stories from the past couple weeks. You wanted to talk about the uh, Johnny Manziel little snafu that's been going around lately. Yeah. Um. It's just it's really funny to to read these stories because um and you know every time he talks about himself um now he he kind of says things like I feel like I'm Justin Bieber um <laughs> because of the way that people pay attention to him it just doesn't matter what he's doing you know I mean he could go out and have some frozen yogurt for lunch and they'd be like Johnny Manziel loves frozen yogurt top story. I mean, he's kind of brought it upon himself. I mean, you do have a <laughs> tremendous first season. You win the Heisman Trophy, mm-hmm. you know, one of the first freshmen to ever do so. Yeah. And he's handling it like he's someone that should be worthy of attention. He's not downplaying what he's oh, doing no. at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, and I think that, uh, you know, I think the, the the public likes that kind of attitude, too, mm-hmm. that he has, you know, the way that he kind of carries himself. Um, because like usually it's the ones who shy away from the attention that they criticize more. Um, well, I mean he's gotten himself in some hot water if you mm-hmm. haven't heard with 
Uh, he was he had to leave the Peyton Manning football camp, which is the Manning football camp, which is kind of well known in that world uh, because of well, there's been a multiple uh, amount of reports. It could be dehydration. It could be sleeping in and missing practice. It could be hungover. There are reports of him out, you know, at either a hookah bar or drinking or. Mm-hmm. You know, despite the fact that he's only 20 years old, uh, it could be a variety of things that have or have not been proven. And, you know, I think there are a few things here. I mean, one, it's the attention that he kind of brings himself with who he is. Uh, Also, I don't think it would even matter if it weren't the Manning camp. I mean, the Mannings are kind of royalty, in a way, in the football world. And so no one would care if it were... Like I someone think someone said, you know, the Philip Rivers yeah. you know, Academy. Like Or just like some seven on seven camp or right, something. Right. Right. So I mean there's that as well. And interesting to note also that Alabama quarterback, I mean apparently they're good friends, but also you know, Alabama, Texas A and M, they're rivals, especially yeah. with what happened last year. Mm-hmm. AJ McCarron was his roommate and according to a source, tried to wake him on at least one night unsuccessfully. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm buying that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, the other thing is, like, I mean, there's, like, whole stories written just about that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, basically, you know, oh, well, well, why didn't his roommate try and wake him? He's like, well, he did, but, like, that's not his responsibility. Try harder. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, seriously, is this what I'm reading? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why, why are they even talking about this? And, um, you know, I, 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 but I thought what was more interesting was like the comments from Mettenberger, Zach Mettenberger, LSU's quarterback. Mm, Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, let's see, is he, will he be a junior or a sophomore? Who? Zach Mettenberger. Um, I want to say, I'm not sure. Because I I can't I really can't remember how long he's either been. A, either a sophomore or a junior. Okay. Well, I just thought it was like interesting. Like when I read this one quote where he was like, "Oh well, you know, something like, oh well, you know, you can expect that from like a, a young kid." And I was like, "Aren't you like the same age or year you're mm-hmm. older or something?" And he's like, "But what I do understand is, you know, think about it. Like these kids, you know, if you're like 20 years old or something." And basically everybody's, I mean, it's like, it's just like a young celebrity. Oh yeah. Basically, especially in Texas, you know, sure. I'm sure, you know, he could walk into any restaurant and they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, it's on the house, even though it's technically not allowed to be on the house. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting to see stories like this with uh, these, you know, college football players who are basically celebrities. Um, and that's the way that they're, you know, everything that's, you know, we talk about them. That's the way we talk about them. We talk about them the same way. And um, I, that's the reason that I think it's interesting. Like, other than that, it's really nothing. Like, there's, I, <laughs> that's the only reason I really want to talk about it. Because it just kind of, it's a good example to show you how the average college athlete these days, especially, like, on your campus or whatever, the way you're treated. Oh. Well, I mean, there's, the NCAA is going to, Probably be facing litigation soon. I mean, you mm-hmm. just had EA drop their license, or the NCAA dropped the license with EA 
mm-hmm. you know, after this year for the football game. And that's because of, you know, possible costs of litigation with, you know, players believe they're, they're being owed money. So there's that coming. Yeah. Um, and plus, it's no, nothing we can really make the play on here, you know, our, our predictive element of the show, because it will all go away if Johnny Menzel plays well in the football field. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think September 14th, like, you know, right in the first few weeks is when they play Alabama in College Station. And, you know, that's where the you know true test is going to come. Yeah, and if they lose that game, then... <laughs> you know, watch out. It's, yeah, <laughs> watch out. Um, yeah. That, that is, that's another interesting thing, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, that that happened. And, and for the longest time, everyone's saying, oh, or the... Is EA going to be able to make college games anymore? Of course. Yeah, they'll they just won't to. use a lot of the stuff that they used in the past. They won't use the names and that kind of stuff. I I believe they still have a relationship with the licensing company, right? That does a lot of so. the college license. Yeah, I think so because they've made other types of games in the past. Mm-hmm. I think so. Now we'll see how that one goes. Let's get to the Red Zone, our three big sports stories from the past couple weeks. And it starts in golf with the Open Championship. Oh, no, wait. It's it's the British Open. <laughs> I know they tried to make that change a few years ago. Let's be honest. It's the British Open. Yeah. Anyone who knows it by that name will call it by that and not the Open Championship. Well, uh, Tiger Woods is always a focus. You know, as, with every major that comes around, it's yeah. it's the question that you know we'll eventually be asking at the end of this segment here. But will Tiger win this major tournament? So you know, will Tiger Woods win the British Open? We're going into Sunday here. We're on a Saturday, mm-hmm. and Tiger is two strokes back. Lee Westwood is three under through three, uh, and Tiger Woods is at one under. Yeah. Um, it, this is he's all, uh, tied with Hunter Mahan, by the way. Mm-hmm. Very, very close. I mean, you had I think Tiger at is at the U.S. Open, which is the last one. Mm-hmm. He kind of fell apart at the end, yeah. and so wasn't really a factor. Wasn't that interesting of a watch. However, now that Tiger Woods is in it, like, are you more interested to watch now on Sunday because of that? Uh, uh yeah, because I think anytime uh, he is close, it's always going to the main story is always going to be tiger versus the field mm-hmm. um and i i think back uh like a few weeks ago we we were talking about um they were talking about what would be the next major that he would win mm, yeah i think most people voted for this one yeah um when they did they did polling on espn um and the fact that he's, you know, he's kind of sitting there in a good position right now. It's the closest um, he's been since, you know, his implosion four years ago. Yeah. For a major. Um, you know, I, anytime he gets uh, there, um, you, you got to feel like probably more often than not, he's not going to screw up. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, I, th- I Just looking at it right now, yeah, I think I might take him. <sighs> In yeah. him versus the field. I think history should, you know, find find if that Tiger wins this one. It's it's about time. Yeah, he's had his longest major drought in his career. 
He's sitting at 14 majors, looking for number 15. Jack Nicklaus yeah. is at 18. Now, Tiger yeah. does have a lot of years left ahead of him, oh, for sure. Assuming that, you know, injuries, you know, kind of stay away from yeah, him, which have been... Like snowboarding or something. <laughs> right. Lindsey Vaughn might want to take him skiing. I don't know. Yeah. But I think you like Tiger's chances here, especially when you had a leader at five under, either, you know, going starting today or something like that, and now you find himself very close to the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tiger's going to put on that you know, red on sa- uh, Sunday, and you got to like his chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, Westwood is a, a dangerous opponent. He's had some experience there, but uh-huh. if Tiger plays his game and... I know in round two, he was missing a lot of putts. And it was, you know, a matter of frustration for him. He was so very close, but just couldn't put it down. Uh, You got to think that if your karma's got to turn around one way or another for him. Yeah, if his, I mean, if if he gets some breaks in the short game, he's Mm -hmm. got it for sure. Yeah. So he's at Muirfield. Um, Mm -hmm. What is it? Scotland, I believe. Uh, First time since 2002. Yeah, I, I mean, if we make the play here, our predictive element of the show, does Tiger win the British? I like his chances. I say yes. Yeah, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, especially having this, at least position-wise, it's I really like where he is right now. Um, I'd say yeah, me too. Yeah, you got to hope that the, the weather holds up, though. Uh, you never know with... Yeah, that'll British just Isles there. <laughs> like screw everybody up. I think that's kind of what has screwed everyone up too. I mean, the weather, uh, you know, has kind of just messed up with the greens, especially. Oh, uh, the the way that the oh man, golfing in the rain is just oh, or after it's rained is oh, I hate it. Mm-hmm. All right, next story here. We go out to college football, mm-hmm. uh, and an interesting. It kind of started off as a rumor, but this is kind of seems to be building here, uh, especially with official meetings with referees, uh, that the NCAA may be taking a very firm stance this coming year. And it looks like the rule has been approved for 2013. That hits to the head, you know, for defenseless players can and will result in player ejections. Mm-hmm. What did you think when you first heard about this? Uh, well, like first, like when I when I heard about this, um, I kind of thought a lot of times about like at least when you're watching a game, um, and then like from my experience, like from like going to football practice in the past, um, like how how tackling is coached, mm-hmm. um, in a way because, uh. You can coach it, you know, really well. I mean, and then there are people out there who do perfect form tackles, but it's very hard to do that every time. And a lot of times when somebody is bracing for a hit, they lower their head. Yeah. Um, it's just instinct. I mean, that's just what happens. And uh, Yeah, you want to curl up. Yeah. yeah so, but, yeah. Uh, you know, basically it's it's going to happen. I mean, you can't you can't completely stop it from happening, um, and a lot of times when it happens, it's completely by accident. I mean, like you know, people are not trying to do that, and it. I mean, to have it, you you see some of the best defensive players out there do it mm-hmm. all the time, 
and, it, and a lot of times it has to do with how the person who's being tackled reacts to the play. Right. And then their helmet is right there in the way. So um, the first thing I thought was um, probably going to really hurt some teams uh, somewhere down the line, and it'll be like a complete fluke Yeah, that it happens. And some some very good defensive players going to get ejected from the game. You know, maybe like the middle linebacker who basically controls the defense and it's going to completely change the game. I mean, uh, I, I think with the thing, the other thing I was thinking about is like, so how are they going to call this? Because a lot of times, you know, it does look like it's kind of an accident and you're like, Oh, I could have gone either way. Right. Um, but I think if they're actually like making a commitment to it, they're going to call it no matter what. And that's the thing here, you know, Tom Deanhart from Big Ten Network is apparently at these referee meetings. And this comes from Pro Football Talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, this paragraph is the most interesting, though. It says, quote, The Big Ten's marching orders for its officials on players who hit defenseless opponents in the head is, when in doubt, throw him out. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten, like the NFL, reviews questionable hits on Monday after games and can suspend players. But the conference does not want to deal with it on Mondays. The conference wants officials to deal with it on Saturdays by ejecting players from games. Now, you're absolutely right. Uh, this is a situation where, you know, these are bam, bam, split second calls. And if these officials cannot go to the review booth for something like this, and they're going to say, when in doubt, throw him out, they're just gonna it's going it. to end badly. And, you know, wrong calls will be made. Uh, I wish they could, you know, watch and see if, you know, the player was aiming for the chest, but then, as mm-hmm. you said, this defenseless player then, you know, ducks, and so that causes the collision. Then there's nothing that yeah. the defensive player can do, but yet now he's out of the game? Um, it, this could turn very ugly very quickly. I, I kind of commend the NCAA for taking this kind of stance to mm-hmm. have a firmer penalty, and, you know, there is the thought that if you want football to continue as a sport in this country... You have to, you know, make some of these stances. Yeah, I safer. don't right this safer and everything. Trying. Yes, I don't agree with the hardline official stance on it. I think if it's if it's intentional, like clearly he's trying to blow him up, do kick him out by all means. But you see so many of these plays on TV where it's bang bang play. You know, defensive player can do nothing because the offensive player at the last second moves his head into that line of collision. Mm-hmm. When that was not the defensive player's intent. And that's going to get one of these players kicked out of the game. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, how soon we make the play here? In which week will this rule first negatively impact the outcome of a game? Because, mm-hmm. you know, a, a player can get kicked out and it'll be meaningless. I mean, the other team will just, you know, steamroll them. But how early in the season do you think this, you know, becomes a factor? Um... I don't think it'll uh, be, you know, necessarily be a factor unless uh, the team playing has like a lot on the line. And usually, by a lot on the line, I mean a team that everyone is expecting to go thirteen and zero. So, um, like maybe, maybe Ohio State, who a lot of people are putting in. You know, national championship game already. Um, 
maybe they are having a tough week. Um, like some team they're playing is, you know, giving them a really hard time. And uh, maybe their best defensive player, you know, goes helmet to helmet on the quarterback. Yet the quarterback's still okay for the other team or something. Mm. And they they eject him. Like, they're like, oh, it's blatant. Like, you know, we got to throw him out. And, you know, in particular, I think it's interesting. The reason I point that out is because Big Ten. Yep, you Big know, Ten. We're, we're talking about the Big Ten in this article. And uh, so I think... Well, I mean, it looks like of, it's going to be a, a nationwide rule, but... Yeah, but I, I just think, like, you know, the fact that we're talking about them, they're going to be under scrutiny a lot more mm-hmm. the way that they officiate theirs. And I think everybody else will kind of base theirs on that. Well, and maybe Urban Cryer can whine about it. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, week three is, is something where we're going to see that you have some teams who are going to be starting their, uh, their conference play. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the games that are really going to start to matter, especially when teams are adding more conference games and, you know, more opportunities yeah. to either make or break a season. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Probably that first week where anybody plays in their own conference, like a legitimate team or it's a, um, Maybe an out-of-conference matchup, which really don't impact things as much as the con- like as far as the conferences go, but they really impact the national perspective because if mm. you have two really big teams... So usually it's like, what, like week two, week three, that you see either like big out-of-conference matchups or first conference matchups. Right. Because I think maybe we... I think maybe we play Oklahoma like second game of the year or something. And it could catch some um, teams flat-footed. Yeah. Um, so definitely, because usually week one, it's there's a lot of, tr- I mean, really not good games to watch. Um, it's right. usually a lot of uh, smaller schools going up against big schools who are, you know, going to beat them regardless of what happens. So uh, for, probably like, it, it's going to happen in a week where there's two really evenly matched teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it like something like that will actually matter. So um, yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and say week two. Interesting. Um, All right, yeah, I've got I've got week three here. Yeah. All right, we're gonna wrap up our headlines here with Major League Baseball at the halfway point. Now we're just technically a couple games past the halfway point. I mean, if we look at the standings here, your Pittsburgh Pirates mm-hmm. are only a couple games back of the St. Louis Cardinals, who have the best record in the league. Yep. That's pretty impressive. They, yeah. better not, they better not choke. <laughs> I'm just saying, they don't choke. Don't choke it away, Pirates. They won a heck of a choke on like a submarine sandwich or something. Pretty, 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 pretty that to be a hard choke. <laughs> pretty historical right there. Um, Philadelphia is playing a lot better. You have Atlanta leading the NL East. And mm. Dodgers are, are making a push for the West uh, in Arizona right now. Oakland's still playing well. Uh, Texas only a couple games back. Uh, Detroit keeping it close with Cleveland, but Detroit's generally been a second-half team the past couple of years, so yeah. hopefully they turn it around because they always have sluggish starts, and it's so aggravating. Uh, and then you have in the East right now, it's Boston, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, the Yankees, and Toronto. The Yankees seven games back of Boston. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting you know, way for the, the season to shake out, but you know, at the MLB All-Star break, uh, this is the whole... All-Star game matters because it gives home field advantage. Wasn't even close in the game. No. Uh, you know, the National League had only three hits. And, you know, the 
American League scratched out some runs. So to make sure that you know a certain relief pitcher could pitch, uh, Jim Leland put in Mariano Rivera in the eighth inning. Standing ovation with Metallica and Sandman playing. A great <laughs> moment. Yeah. And in a game that really had no other stars, it really made sense to give him the Most Valuable Player Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Home Run Derby, you had... You know, this is where uh, David Wright and Robinson Cano, the you know New York captains in the AL and NL, got to select their players. And Cano had picked Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. Cabrera declined. And so the spot was open for Ioannis Cespedes from the Oakland Athletics, who had not hit a home run since, I think it was <laughs> June 21st. It was a while. <laughs> but you, you give him, you know, specifically fed pitches, and he ends up winning the Home Run Derby, which is mm-hmm. still... I, I love the Home Run Derby. I was listening on sports radio. It's oh. something that all kids try at some point. All kids yeah. who are interested in sports, when you're little, you, you play Home Run Derby. It you know might vary what your setup is. You might have some some might have a better setup than others. It's something you do though, and it's totally true for for my brother and I. But this is an event that has continued to go on very long, and especially was the case this year. I mean, it continually goes to about three hours long. It's you watch some of it, but you can't see the whole thing. No. I mean, how many times can you hear back 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 back? <laughs> Yeah, and people still get really excited about it, like, and then they and then they sit there and start watching. They're like, "Oh, want to do something else?" <laughs> like, well, I'll, I'll give baseball this though. I mean, the one thing it does get right is that it actually gets, you know, the big home run stars. You know, yeah, sometimes in that, past and years, I, mean, I think that's what brings in the people to right. actually watch it and go to it. I and mean, sometimes in past years, like they've you know had more players than necessary, and so you get people like Brandon Inge. Like, Brandon Inge was in a home Good run derby a few years, years ago. Uh, how's he doing for those Pirates, there, by the way? <laughs> he's, he's not the best player. Nope. No. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he had one year where he had about 25 home runs. Yeah. Then he got nothing at the home run derby, and then he sucked for the rest of the year and hasn't been really good ever since. It's a curse. <laughs> so you wonder this year, with Chris Davis from... Baltimore Orioles, first baseman. 37 home runs yeah. at the All-Star break. Now you got the people saying, oh, he tied Reggie Jackson's record, blah, 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 at the break, even though Barry Bonds had 39, and these are the people who would be like, duh, asterisk, blah, blah, blah. I'm not one of those people. He, that's not the record. 37's not the record. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's still a tremendous feat. And you have to wonder that with the participation in the home run derby, the people have had multiple reports saying, you know, Messes up your swing. You're swinging for the, for the fences all the time. Why change a good thing? And Chris Davis here is in such a groove. I mm. mean, do you see that affecting him? Uh, I, I mean, like, I think a lot of times um, you, you have to consider the difference between the first part of the year and the second part. Right. I think, like, season-wise. Um, I think it's going to be a lot more difficult. Uh, you know, down down the road, trying to get home runs in close games and and things like that. Um, and I think the other thing is, people will pitch to you differently after you know the first half of the season, seeing what you did. 
Mm, yeah. Um, that you know they will set you up completely differently than than how it, how it's going you know for you so far. So, um, you know I I don't know I don't really see how it would mess him up, but um, like I I think as far as you know whether or not like he's going to get the you know as many if not more home runs in the second half of the season, I just think it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah. To do so. Um. I, I think uh, I think he's you know he's got a really good head start on it, um, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if he could hit as many in the second half of the season. But uh, I you know I don't really think it's gonna happen. Did you see much of the All Star game? Um, no, I only saw like a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw I, the last I went back and watched some highlights. Right, I saw the last few innings, so I saw you know the whole tribute to Rivera and all that. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I which, heard which about. Was really it really nice. Yeah, it was, you know, good ninety second moment. Oh yeah. Uh, you had Matt Harvey from the Mets start for the National League, and Max Scherzer for the Tigers for the AL. Uh, did you see on uh, Jimmy Fallon the bit where Matt Harvey went out to Central Park to interview? You know, people in the streets you know, ask questions about Matt Harvey. No, <laughs> pretty great. Uh, you know, he was took it like a champ to yeah. ask people these questions. Like, you know, if Matt Harvey was standing next to you, you know, what would you say to him? And they just you know, answer these questions, or you know, if you're a Mets fan. You know, who's your favorite Mets player? And the guy's like wearing a Matt Harvey. He's like, oh, Matt Harvey, yeah, and he's great. And like these people had no idea because you know he's <laughs> he's such a new guy on the baseball scene. Yeah. And then he, you know, he did the the ESPN. But imagine his like what his face would be like when he. Uh, I mean, Matt Harvey played it stone cold. He was fantastic. But these people, when they finally figured it out, like you know, when he showed them, because uh, he did the ESPN body issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he showed people like that, pick the some of the pictures, like, oh, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely recommend it. You know, anyone who hasn't seen that Jimmy Fallon bit with Matt Harvey. Uh, Definitely give that a watch, at yeah. least on YouTube. Um, but you know, back to you know, making the play here, a predictive element here. Will Chris Davis, that Baltimore Orioles uh, first baseman with 37 home runs at the All-Star break, granted the All-Star break is not at the halfway point. It's a little mm. past the halfway point. But still, yeah. will he break Roger Maris's famous 61 home run mark? Now, Barry Bonds has 73 in a year, so these are the people who... Still judge, you know, the Maris 61 is the true mark because of Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds and all that. So it, it matters for some people. To me, mm. it doesn't. It's still mm. an interesting benchmark, I suppose. Oh, yeah. But it's Personal. not saying, like, oh, it's going to be a record. And, you know, you never know if this, you know, <laughs> confirms that he is clean or whatever. You, you never know with baseball. Oh, no. I, we have no idea anymore. Um but I I just think like uh, as far as if somebody were to like have maybe like a slower start, um, you know, you know the first so many so far into the season and then maybe after after the All Star break, then they catch fire. I think it's a lot harder for teams to kind of prepare for them because they're like, oh, we weren't even expecting this, and you know. Uh, we we don't really have as much to look at, like as far as like what he's like, which which you know which pitches he's hitting, uh, a certain way, that kind of thing. But uh, I think there's a lot for people to look at 
you know, especially when you hit that many, um, that they can adjust to how you're hitting. And basically, they'll just, in a way, not try and make it so that they don't pitch you. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, that's another thing. Uh, I don't know. It'd be cool. Go ahead, do it. It's, uh, people always get really excited about records and things, even though I'm always more excited about who the best team is. <laughs> He's on pace to get 62 right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to slip, especially when you consider oh, yeah. you, if he most has like of a his gi- hits. Like a giant game where he hits like six or something. Right. But he's had a lot of strikeouts mm-hmm. this year. Most of his hits when they made contact have been home runs. So I think it could be pretty easy to fall into a bit of a slump. Oh, yeah. And, if he, and he could get hurt. I mean, oh, yeah, he, easily, yeah. And I'm a believer in that, you know, home run derby curse, how it affects you. And mm-hmm. you have a, a week or half of the year. So I don't think he does. I think he has a phenomenal year. I think there's a good chance. I mean, Miguel Cabrera hit, has hit 30 home runs this year. Like both of those players, you know, Cabrera did it first. But both of those players this year, I think the first players in baseball history with more than 30 home runs and more than 90 RBIs at the break. So Cabrera's leading in batting average and RBI. I think he's a couple up on Davis, and Davis is up like seven home runs. Mm-hmm. So I think you know Cabrera could be blocked from that unheard of second consecutive triple crown from the season that Chris Davis is having. But I think it's too easy to slip, and especially when you're so close to the pace of 61. Um, I don't I don't see it happening. Yeah. Okay. Something to also mention in baseball, though. Uh, the news that supposedly these suspensions for the, uh, gosh, the, we were talking about it a couple episodes ago. Yeah. The, the people in connection. Right. I'm trying to remember the, the company's um, name. Uh, it was the, the steroids and everything. In Florida. It starts with a B anyway. Yeah. It's in Florida. Those suspensions might not be coming until next year, mm-hmm. which is very peculiar. And it makes me think Alex Rodriguez you're having a tough time coming back right now. You want to retire at the end of this year. Yeah. So you can get your money. Mm-hmm. If you get suspended and you're know, cut by the Yankees and all this stuff, you're not getting all that money that is owed you. Mm-hmm. Don't do the leave on top and all this stuff. Get your money. Hell, retire sooner than later if you can. Yeah, that's a good idea. You're you're not gonna come back and be the same kind of player. You've only gotten a couple home runs mm-hmm. off of A ball players, double A ball. Yeah. It's over. Get your money. Take the money and run. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean it's, it's strange to see, you know, that kind of come across the wire a couple mm-hmm. uh, a week ago or so. Um anything else that we need to cover, you think? Um, no, I just like I was just thinking about you know the the, the rules with uh that we were talking about that uh, the NCAA was talking about uh, with the the hel- you know the helmets um, and what I was th- thinking about is like what about like the other things that are kind of unsafe in football like like uh, cut blocking oh yeah and that kind of thing like I, I I'm wondering if eventually they'll start making rules for things like that. Hmm. Going, going yeah, low. Offensive linemen going low. And that kind of stuff. 
We will see. Mm -hmm. We will see. Well, we will have an episode in, let's see, in a couple weeks. And then after that, in two weeks, we're going to be starting our preseason specials (sighs) (laughs) for college football and the NFL. Year two. It's going to be an exciting time. Yeah. You get your mind set on you know who your your team is that you'll be representing and is is, make... is Michigan going to the national championship game? Michigan will not be going to the Natty. <laughs> no, 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 they will not. Um, they'll put up a good fight in the Big Ten, though. All right. I, I don't. I think Ohio State. It's it's their year to get it. If they mm-hmm. don't, they choke. Um, I don't know. Some are saying to go play an SEC team. And- <laughs> exactly right. You know? <laughs> but I think Michigan has a good year. You know, at, at least nine and three. At least Ooh, we'll see, though. Good. Anyway, that's for in a few weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So with that, I'm Peter, and I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Have a good one.